Welcome to the second episode of Advancing Ocular Health, a podcast mini-series in which ophthalmologists and optometrists discuss the latest innovations in eye care pharmaceuticals. Today, Dr. Francis Ma from Scripps Clinic in La Jolla, California, and Dr. Mila Brugic from the Premier Vision Group in Northwest Ohio have a conversation about Tobradex ST, a new formulation of the steroid Tobradex that will find use in the ophthalmology office and the optometry office. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Mila Brugic. Um, I'm a private practitioner and a part owner of Premier Vision Group, which is a three-location practice in Northwest Ohio. Um, been practicing for 18 years, and during that whole time, I've really seen the value of the collaboration between the optometrist and the ophthalmologist. And um, with that said, I have um, a rock star with me today, Dr. Francis Ma. Um, Dr. Ma, if you could uh, briefly um, you don't need the introduction, but uh, if you could, please uh, give everybody a little bit of a background on yourself. Uh, sure, Emile. So I'm um, Francis Ma. Right now I'm at Scripps Clinic uh, in La Jolla, California. Um, I'm the director of the cornea service uh, here. I've uh, been practicing for 20 years. I uh, was at University of Pittsburgh uh, for 17, where I did my residency fellowship in cornea external disease refractive surgery, and then was the director of the cornea service there for, for 12 years. Uh, moved over to La Jolla from Pittsburgh um, because my wife was a little uh, smarter than me, uh, wondering why we had to live in, in, in Pittsburgh. So it's been a great eight years. Um, and uh, my situation is kind of a hybrid between uh, academics and private practice. Uh, so, you know, just like, um, you know, yourself have seen a lot and experienced a lot in terms of, um, you know, pharmaceuticals and the management of uh, ocular surface disease and inflammation and so forth. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and, uh, you know, excited to, uh, um, to talk about this with you. Um, you know, I've been uh, hearing a lot of great things and, um, you know, excited to uh, have this discussion with you. I agree. And, and I, I think we, we both um, thank iVance for, for really kind of bringing us together here in this this podcast um, series, I think this is going to be interesting because, uh, you know, th their commitment is really sharing information and, and they're really advancing the way that we think about ocular surface health in particular. And today, what we're really going to focus on is Tobradex ST and really its role in um, how we manage more advancing ocular surface conditions. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think iVance has taken a really unique uh, aspect, looking strictly at uh, anterior segment, um, you know, conditions. And, you know, Tobradex has been around uh, forever. And I think uh, iVance did a great job by, um, you know, acquiring Tobradex ST, um, you know, with the uh, Zangen uh, technology. And, um, you know, I'm excited to talk about this. So maybe, maybe you can start us off and talk about some of the uh, indications uh, and some of the usages. You know, I, I, I think that's a good place to start because I think whenever you're talking about pharmaceuticals, it always is good to take a step back to reassess really what the indications are and, and what, what the medication is. Um, so Tobradex ST, really the active ingredients are, are two things. One, an antibiotic, tobramycin and dexamethasone. And what's interesting is they actually reduced the concentration of dexamethasone from 0.1% to 0.05% in this formulation while maintaining the 0.3% of tobramycin. And, and what this is really kind of in, 
what it's available for us for is for the treatment of responsive inflammatory ocular conditions, things for which corticosteroids, you know, we would use, and also to um, where superficial bacterial ocular infections, or if there's this risk of um, bacterial ocular infections. But, but with all of that said, and with that indication, I mean, I think we do have to be cognizant of the adverse events. Um, and Dr. Ma, could you take us through some of those considerations? Because I think it is important with any medication, when we understand what the benefits are, we also have to balance that with what some of the risks are as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every single medication that we use uh, in clinical medicine is going to have pluses and minuses. And as, as you know, and, and everybody listening knows where it's, it's a balance, try to maximize the, uh, the benefits and minimize uh, the, uh, the issues and the adverse reactions. So just some of the things to consider uh, with Tobrid XST. Um, one is uh, just tobramycin and aminoglycosides in general. There are patients that are hypersensitive uh, to it. Typically, if they are, they have like kind of a localized uh, toxicity, maybe some eye pain or paritis or edema uh, of their eyelids or conjunctiva. Um, and then, you know, there's the other component, uh, which is the dexamethasone, which is a, a very strong steroid, uh, even though it is reduced in concentration. Uh, we still have to worry about uh, some of the uh, issues with uh, corticosteroids, such as an increase in intraocular pressure, which could happen uh, in a percentage of, of patients, which could lead to the development of glaucoma. Um, sometimes you can get subcapsular cataracts. Uh, you can get impaired healing, which again are all uh, issues from uh, potential um, complications from the steroid uh, that's involved here. So it has to be, um, you know, judged and used uh, judiciously. Uh, other issues could be the development of secondary infections, uh, for example, fungal infections, bacterial ocular infections could be, um, you know, uh, increased due to the suppression of the uh, host immune response. Um, and there's also some other very small uh, non-ocular adverse events, which always seem to happen uh, in um, uh, topical drop ster uh, steroids and antibiotic studies, such as headaches and increased blood pressure. Maybe, uh, Mila, you can talk about some of the common usages and then the dosing uh, that uh, we use with uh, Turbid XST um, nowadays. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting with all the adverse events, this, this is a well-established platform. We're familiar with tobramycin, we're familiar with dexamethasone, so we're fortunate that we experience these adverse events at, relatively speaking, pretty low levels, and that, that makes me feel good when we're utilizing it for some of the more... Um, Kind of common anterior segment diseases that that we manage um, all all the time. Blepharitis specifically, meibomian gland dysfunction, um, bacterial conjunctivitis, and even to those contact lens related red eyes, the ones that are inflammatory in nature, where we're concerned that there may be some type of underlying infectious etiology as well. It gives us really this nice cover where we're um, providing antibacterial effect in addition to that. Um, corticosteroid as well too, and the anti-inflammatory components associated with that. Now, the, the way that this is approved, this medication is, um, we can utilize it as frequent as one drop every two hours um, for the first 24 to 48 hours, and then one drop every four to six hours administered after that. Um, I, I will tell you that practically speaking, um, I don't feel the, the need or the necessity to really frequently go that that much, but we know that we have that and we have the ability to do that. And it has the FDA approval for that kind of higher dosing during those first two days um, if we need it. Now, I think what's interesting with this is really 
Um, the difference between this and traditional Tober decks. And Dr. Ma, um, if you could help crystallize this just a little bit here before we kind of move on, because I do think it's important to formulate the basis on, on what really um, creates the difference between these two formulas. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think a lot of people will hear Toberdex ST and they'll think, oh, this is just a, you know, a version of Toberdex uh, that happens to be branded. Maybe it's some type of a line extension or something like that. But there really is a lot of thought that went into the development and the formulation of Toberdex ST, just as you've um, alluded to. Number one, and you've already spoken to it, is the decreased steroid concentration from 0.1% down to 0.05%. Uh, we all know that dexamethasone is a very strong steroid. It's actually 10 times stronger than prednisolone. Uh, and so, you know, decreasing that very strong steroid down to 0.05%, uh, I think was a very interesting, um, you know, concept to try to reduce some of the adverse events or, or toxicity that uh, potentially could come from that. Um, another uh, very important um, formulation enhancement is this Zangen uh, suspension technology. And what this Zangen suspension technology is, is uh, xanthine gum um, was a, uh, added to the formulation and it stabilizes the fixed dose combination. So it really increases the viscosity, therefore increasing the contact time uh, on the eye. It also, as we'll hear um, in a little bit, it really helps with uh, keeping that uh, suspension um, in the uh, mix, if you will, for a lot longer so that it does not fall out of uh, kind of that uh, optimal mix um, for, uh, for uh, topical use. So even though I've spoken about the Zangen technology and what it's supposed to be doing, maybe, um, you know, Dr. Brujic, uh, Mila, maybe you can talk about the Scoper study, which really tells us about uh, the differences uh, kind of in an experimental model uh, as far as the advantages of Zangen. Our program will continue after a short break. This podcast is brought to you by iVance Pharmaceuticals. At iVance, we're advancing ocular health by investing in vision through ophthalmic therapies. Our mission is to ensure optimal vision and better quality of life for all patients. To learn more, visit iVance.com. That's E-Y-E-V-A-N-C-E.com. I think the Scoper study really kind of um, emulates the, the formulation and, and some of the benefits from a compliance perspective. It's interesting, though, like, you know, you really hit on, on everything that I was thinking about when I think about this technology. The one thing that's interesting, though, is from a clinical perspective, whenever we hear increased viscosity, we always assume it means blur, or increased blur profile, but it's not that way with this technology, meaning that even though the viscosity is increased, you place it on the eye and the patient doesn't have to worry about sustained blur. So again, the way it's engineered is such that it increases retention time, but doesn't necessarily blur the patient. The other interesting thing is that, you know, the concentration of dexamethasone is cut in half. Normally, when we think about increasing tissue penetration, logic would just kind of tell us to increase the concentration of the active ingredient. 
when in actuality this technology did the exact reverse because of the way that they retained the medication on the surface of the eye. Now, the Scoper study, this is, this, is, this is interesting because what they did was they looked at formulations of Tobridex ST, so what we're really communicating right now or about right now, and then just Tobridex. And these two formulations were both vigorously shaken for about 10 to 15 seconds. And they were, they were actually placed in graduated cylinders. Now, what's interesting is researchers actually left them in these graduated cylinders after they were shaken because we know when something's shaken that there's a more even distribution of medication throughout that bottle. And we know that, or logic would tell us that as it sits, there's more medication that will just gradually um, decrease or there will be less active medication towards the top of whatever container we're measuring it out of. Well, they sampled the top portions of these graduated cylinders at various time points. And what's remarkable to me is that 24 hours after they shook these medications, not surprisingly, when you just look at standard Tobridex, in the top 10 millimeters of this 40 mil graduated cylinder, there was only 39% of the active medication. When you did the same thing and tested the top of the Tobridex ST, it was at 97%. So what that simply tells me is that the medication is physically staying evenly distributed throughout this graduated cylinder, and we expect the same thing to occur in the bottle. Um, this is part of the story, though. I mean, this Zangen technology not only stabilizes it within the bottle, but um, it actually acts as increasing retention time on the surface of the eye. And uh, Dr. Ma, I'd love to hear your perspective on this, in particular, um, I mean, from a surgeon's perspective as well, too. I'd love to hear the importance of what this really means to you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think there's a couple of different uh, aspects which are really beneficial for uh, the Zangen uh, technology. Number one is dose for dose, you're going to get a very consistent um, drug uh, on the eye. And that's very important at the beginning of the therapy, all the way to the conclusion uh, of therapy. You're not going to get, um, you know, a very, very dilute concentration of the drug in the beginning and then a highly concentrated uh, drug at the end, like you might with some uh, of the suspensions. Um, this is really going to provide, uh, again, dose for dose uh, consistency, which is very, very important uh, when you're talking about, you know, the various um, uh, conditions that we're trying to manage uh, here. What, what do you think about the, uh, the settling uh, rates um, in uh, your practice? How, how do you think that that uh, benefits your patients? What's amazing is, again, this settling of medication, it, if they're using the traditional technology and they don't shake it, they're not getting a high concentration of that medication early on. So there's there's just a level of clinical security that they're getting what we actually prescribe for them. I know you're absolutely right. So the other aspect um, that is unique uh, in the Zangen technology is how it helps to actually strengthen the efficacy of the tobramycin. So as you had mentioned earlier, tobramycin is actually the same concentration in uh, Tobradex and Tobradex ST. However, the Zangen technology really increases that concentration. Uh, they did some uh, rabbit studies. They also have done uh, human studies, which you'll hear about later. But in the rabbit studies, the tobramycin concentration in the rabbit tears were eight, uh, more than eight times higher uh, with Tobridex ST at 10 minutes versus just the regular uh, Tobridex. 
I mean, this, this really shows the power of that technology. 8.3 times the concentration in tissues. I mean, being treated the exact same way, just simply utilizing a different vehicle. I think that's really where the difference resides here. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And then that translates to this bactericidal activity actually increasing. It's really uh, great uh, science that's been done. They looked at Turbidex XT, they looked at Turbidex, and then they looked at uh, various different strains of antibiotics, which are very important in um, the care of uh, our patients in, um, in ophthalmology and optometry. They looked at Streptococcus uh, pneumoniae, then they also looked at methicillin and Tobramycin resistant uh, strains of Staph aureus. And what uh, they were able to uh, show is that in the tear film with strep pneumo, um, treated with Tobidex ST, it took five minutes to kill 99.9%, .9%, whereas it took 120 minutes to see a three log reduction in the strep pneumo uh, CFUs and tear films that were treated with the regular Tobridex without the uh, Zangen uh, technology. And then for the MRSA, Tobramycin uh, resistant strains um, of Staphylococcus aureus, uh, similar, uh, very uh, surprising uh, results. Uh, and those were the Tobridex XT um, were able to reduce uh, the um, Staph aureus, MRSA, and Tobramycin resistant strains uh, five logs, which is greater than 99.9%. .9%. So it's uh, you know really impressive that um, the Tobridex couldn't even kill it. You know, so it's interesting. You know, the information and the data that you just reviewed, Dr. Ma, because. You can see, and, and we know that tobramycin is an effective antibiotic, and we know that if it resides within bacteria at a high concentration for a given period of time, it works tremendously effective. The challenge with traditional vehicles is that it just dissipates off of the eye too quickly. With Tobridex ST and the Zangen technology, it allows it to retain on the surface of the eye. I mean, personally, when I'm prescribing something, it just gives me that security that I know that we're covered. So we know that if we're suspecting any type of bacterial overpopulation or infection, we, we, we know that we can, we can cover that with this technology. And, and we know that it's going to be at high concentrations and we know that it's gonna be effective at some of the most common strains that we see in eye care. Um, I would like to hear your perspective on some of the pharmacokinetic data, especially things like anterior chamber um, concentrations of the medication and what that really means for you. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point, um, you know, because we're not really treating rabbits, uh, are we, on a daily basis. Uh, so, you know, I alluded to the fact that uh, there is human pharmacokinetic uh, clinical uh, data as well. Um, and again, uh, half of the dexamethasone showed uh, very similar ocular tissue exposure, which I think is very comforting uh, to us. So we're going to get uh, the same amount of uh, drug uh, in the tissue. Uh, however, we're going to get, um, you know, we're going to have lower concentrations uh, in the bottle. Uh, there was a human uh, pharmacokinetic study, um, and what it showed was the ratio of the mean dexamethasone concentration uh, in the aqueous humor of patients receiving Tobridex ST to patients receiving Tobridex was 1.17 at one hour. Uh, so again, it was very similar uh, ratios of Tobridex ST. And Tobridex. So again, you're going to get that, um, you know, comfort of knowing that you're getting that anti-inflammatory concentration at the same tissues levels, uh, even though you've uh, cut the uh, total amount of dexamethasone uh, in half. So I think that's very impressive. What, what do you what do you take that uh, study 
um, and how do you um, assess uh, for your patients uh, that type of uh, information? Well, I, I think it's telling, and I, I enjoy this type of data um, just because I think it's part of my um, biochemistry background. I've, I've always enjoyed understanding pharmaceuticals and how they interact with tissues, how um, pharmaceuticals can be changed, manipulated, modified to actually enhance activity. And, and I like the direction that all of this is going with all of the data that we've reviewed so far. Um, but personally, if it doesn't, if it doesn't result in some type of clinical benefits, then it's, it's good academic discussion, but it's not necessarily something that's going to translate into better clinical outcomes. I'll share with you that, I mean, there, there's good studies to show that, that this does show benefits. And there are things where um, you, you see that this performs. There was a randomized multi-center investigator masked active control parallel group trial conducted in adult patients who had moderate to severe blepharitis or blepharoconjunctivitis. Um, patients were treated with Tobradex ST and after one week of dosing had a significant reduction in a lot of the signs and symptoms that we typically are looking for in these patients. Certainly lid margin redness was one thing that was reduced, ocular discharge, um, bulbar conjunctival redness, lid swelling, itchy eyes by the patient and, and also gritty eyes. Um, I'll, I'll share with you practically what we've heard from patients is they're responding relatively rapidly when we start them on Tobradex. So it's very consistent with what the trials actually show in these individuals and in these patients. Um, Dr. Ma, anything to add uh, about that in, in your clinical experience? No, I, I completely agree, um, you know, with uh, your assessment. Um, you know, I, I think the speed of the uh, relief of the symptoms is exactly what we need because that's what the patients are coming, you know, to us for. So I, I completely agree. I, I think that's I think that's so important, um, in particular in in the in the era that we're in right now, where we're really looking for more efficient ways to deliver eye care. We're looking for treatments that are going to deliver essentially the best bang for the buck, and for us, that means the quickest acting agents. And one of those things that we look at is blepharitis. I mean, this is one of the most common conditions that we see in our our practices, and it's. It's interesting, um, you know, we, we've really um, aggressively incorporated this into, into our clinical protocol. So what, what we'll do is, as soon as we identify blepharitis, either anterior or posterior, which again, oftentimes are delineated um, academically, but again, you rarely see one without the other. I think it's just a great option. And then we'll usually have these people back after treating them with Tobradex ST for a week, um, for a microblepharoexfoliation treatment, which by that point, a lot of the signs and symptoms have reduced. The eyelid margin is just much more quiet and the bacterial population is just so low that it's much easier to treat those, um, treat those patients as well too. Dr. Ma, um, do you use it for any type of anterior conditions? Like specifically, um, do, you, do you see a role for this with meibomian gland dysfunction? Yeah, I, I really do, uh, Milay. So as far as uh, my bomian gland dysfunction, obviously it's not going to be as uh, inflamed in terms of the eyelids as blepharitis, but there definitely is inflammation uh, in my bomian gland uh, dysfunction. Uh, typically what I'll do is I'll explain to the patients that the meibomian glands produce an oil, which is uh, supposed to be 
the viscosity of uh, uh, kind of like an olive oil, but it's become thicker. If it's uh, very thick, it's, it's more like um, butter uh, that's solid in the refrigerator. Uh, and so that can be very uh, inflammatory in nature. It can also increase the amount of bacteria that are around that are just colonizing that thicker viscous oil. Uh, and so obviously with um, Turbidex ST, a combination uh, medication is, um, you know, sometimes the perfect ticket uh, for these patients because uh, you're going to reduce that inflammation. You're going to eradicate, knock down uh, the, a lot of that normal flora bacteria that's around. So I think it's really uh, an excellent, um, you know, potential therapy for these, uh, for these patients. Uh, same thing with, you know, bacterial conjunctivitis. What do you think about bacterial conjunctivitis, um, Mile? Just to add quickly to meibomian gland dysfunction, we, we know that it's very delineated. There's obvious and non-obvious meibomian gland dysfunction, obvious being that one that we think is much more deep-rooted in inflammation. So I'm, I'm with you. I think that this is just a super initial treatment for these patients where we can then um, work on more advanced procedures after that. Again, a clean lid is really the way you need to start. But Bacterial conjunctivitis is really interesting. You know, um, with with this profile, in particular with the antibacterial activity that you discussed earlier, the tissue penetration, the concentrations getting so high, and the ability for it to kill a lot of these microbes, um, I'm very comfortable prescribing this in a scenario where we have bacterial conjunctivitis, where you don't necessarily usually think of a topical corticosteroid. This is just a a logical conclusion for us to prescribe this. Why? Because we have high antibacterial activity, but then like we were talking about earlier, you can sequester a lot of those symptoms very, very quickly as well. So you're reducing inflammation while you also have strong levels of antibacterial effect as well. Our program will continue after a short break. This podcast is brought to you by iVance Pharmaceuticals. At iVance, we're advancing ocular health by investing in vision through ophthalmic therapies. Our mission is to ensure optimal vision and better quality of life for all patients. To learn more, visit iVance.com. That's E-Y-E-V-A-N-C-E dot com. Dr. Maud, do you see contact lens complications in your practice? Uh, so I do, uh, as a cornea specialist, most of the times it's limbal stem cell uh, issues from people that have just abused uh, their, their contact lenses, really caused a lot of hypoxia, and steroids are a great option there. Uh, obviously, a lot of people will have some keratitis as well, but um, you know, I think there's a much more common uh, condition that's associated with contact lens wear, and that's uh, Claire. Maybe you can kind of talk us through your management for Claire and specifically how Tobert XST might be uh, useful in these patients. Yeah, so I saw, unfortunately, two of these this morning, um, but that fortunately benefited from some of the therapies that, that we have available, i.e. Tobert XST. So, um, you know, when you're looking at the contact lens acute red eye, you're really looking at a condition that um, is inflammatory in nature and it can arise from several reasons, but oftentimes sleeping in lenses causing a um, either infectious uh, red eye or a non-infectious red eye that's more inflam or inflammatory in nature. Regardless, 
you have inflammation and you have the risk of some type of bacterial infection. So, so this just really is a logical route. And the good thing is, is that removal of the lenses, treating them with this drop, um, we see virtually 100% resolution. We'll usually see them back in three or four days. And most of these patients are 100% symptomless at that point. So, so it makes a real, really, really logical um, approach to treating these conditions. Yeah, I think that falls right in line. You know, the conditions that we talked about, um, you know, are uh, on label, right? They're the treatment of steroid responsive inflammatory ocular conditions for which a corticosteroid is indicated and where superficial bacterial ocular infections or a risk of bacterial ocular infections uh, exist. Um, so maybe, Mila, you can kind of talk to us a little bit about the, some of the uh, ST differences. So we'll kind of summarize some of these things. So as we dive into the weeds on all this, Dr. Mo, I think it is important, just like you said, to step back and kind of resummarize everything because we know antibiotic steroid combinations work and they work well. So what makes Tobradex ST a little bit different? What makes it unique? Um, well, certainly, first and foremost, we're, we're going against logic here. You normally expect companies to increase the concentration of corticosteroids in their medication if they want higher concentrations in the tissue, where in this case, they reduced it. They cut it in half because they knew the xanthan gum or the Zangen technology actually retains it on the surface of the eyes better. Um, what's also interesting is with this Zangen, um, it actually keeps the Tobradex ST um, suspension like 97% suspended. So, so you know that the first drop that you're using out of the bottle has the same concentration of active ingredients as that last drop does without the need for shaking. And, and it has this wide use in optometry and ophthalmology for a lot of those kind of core conditions and common complaints that we're hearing from patients, blepharitis, um, obvious meibomian gland dysfunction, bacterial conjunctivitis, contact lens, um, related acute red eyes, all of these things that are just simply um, being treated more efficiently because of increased retention time on the surface of the eye. And what's interesting is with, with, with all of this, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's more easily accessible with, with a lot of these or with the copay um, card that, that iVance has put together. Yeah. And I think, you know, just a couple of other, you know, kind of uh, impactful things that I found out, you know, about Tobert XST. One, uh, which you've talked about, which is, you know, the suspension being, uh, you know, able to hold, um, you know, itself 97% uh, at 24 hours post shaking, which allows, you know, that more consistent dosing and then the greater and more rapid bactericidal activity um, where even against the Staph aureus, it's tobramycin and methicillin resistant, um, you know, it's going to be able to eradicate it and really reduce it um, pretty close to zero, you know, five uh, log reduction um, just in 10 minutes. Um, I, I think those, you know, aspects really impressed uh, upon me. And, um, you know, maybe you can go into a little bit more detail about how iVance provides, um, you know, the uh, promotions to get access for these medications, because the medications are great, but if the patients can't get them, then, um, you know, there are very little use. You bring up such, such good points. And I think this data is pretty unbelievable to show that you have the same molecules, the same antibiotic, but you put them in different vehicles and they react completely different with some of these resistant antibiotic strains. So that just shows the level of efficacy and how, how 
important it is to really pay attention to the vehicles that these medications are actually placed in because it makes massive differences that exist in the way that they perform when they're placed on the surface of the eye. But all, all of this means nothing if the patient can't access the medication, which is one of the things that I give kudos to iVance on. Um, you mentioned it, but the copay assistance program, I, I think this really ensures to us, the eye care practitioner, that when we're prescribing the technology that we want to prescribe, the patients have a, a high chance of having access to that medication. And that really um, goes, it's, it's a kudos to iVance for really thinking this whole process through, not necessarily just delivering the technologies that we can actually utilize to treat our patients, but also following it through to those, and I think you can agree with me, sometimes the pain points of accessing medications or patients getting access to those medications, they've kind of eliminated those barriers or reduced those barriers for us again with these copay assistance programs that allows patients to get these at, at a relatively low cost. Yeah, no, it really is. And iVance, you know, like you said, kudos to them for, um, you know, making the uh, new medications and the new formulations uh, not only efficacious, but also you know, available and, and giving uh, patients access to these medications. So, Dr. Ma, uh, we've talked a lot about Tobert XST. What's, what's something that um, for the listener, like something that you feel like this is a key takeaway with, with the discussion that we had about the technology? Yeah, that's a great question because we did talk about a lot of different things uh, regarding Tobert XST. I think uh, two things for me. Uh, one was that Tobert XST, uh, and you mentioned this, showed a 97% suspension um, at 24 hours post-shaking. I think that is uh, really important because as you mentioned, it's going to uh, really make uh, their um, outcomes better. Uh, and it's going to simplify their uh, management. So it, it allows a lot more consistent dosing. I think number two is um, due to that Zangen uh, tech, uh, technology, you've got longer retention time uh, on the eye. Um, and uh, what's this, what this is going to do is it's going to translate to higher drug concentrations in the ocular tissues. You're going to have, you know, we talked about the pharmacokinetic data for the dexamethasone, but you're also going to, as you mentioned uh, very uh, critically, uh, impact the bactericidal efficacy of the tobramycin, the exact same antibiotic, and yet it's much uh, you know, more uh, potent uh, in that formulation because of the longer retention time. What do you think, uh, Mila? What are some of your uh, kind of take home or takeaways uh, from our discussion? I think you're exactly right. They're sure that there's higher levels of antimicrobial activity because of the Zangen and the retention time on the surface of the eye. You know, to put a bow on this technology, I think, you know, one of the, the, the real benefits is the access component. I, I think this is becoming an increasing issue. And the copay assistance program really gives patients, um, both those that are non-Medicare insured patients and also the Medicare insured patients, patients access to these technologies. So I, I think you really summed it up nice. And I think the copay assistance program um, just, just really finalizes this thing from a clinical perspective. Boy, Dr. Ma, I want to thank you for spending time um, with me today. This, this, was, this was fun, and your level of knowledge and, and your depth of, of kind of on these topics, it's just, just always, always great to talk to you. And I hope that uh, for the listeners, you've kind of pulled a few uh, key clinical pearls away and also a little better understanding surrounding this technology and kind of what differentiates it, what makes it a little bit different from its predecessor. 
Yeah, and I've had a great time with you, Mila, and uh, it's been really fun talking about this great technology, and I'm really looking forward to everybody experiencing um, the Zangen and the, uh, the new Tobert XST. Thanks all for listening. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Advancing Ocular Health. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed the experience, leave us a review. If you missed our first episode on the ocular allergy drug Zerviate, you can go back and listen to it too. Join us next episode when we'll review the latest conversations around Flarex for anterior segment inflammation.